Today is Friday, September 4th. It is 11 a.m. And this is the third episode of the MMA Mike podcast. So last weekend, we had a UFC fight night, uh, Smith versus Rakic. Um, quite an interesting fight. Uh, Alexander Rakic, great, great game plan coming in, you know, attacking the legs of Anthony Smith and quickly, uh, you know, knocking him down with it. Um, Smith couldn't really take many. I think it took about three and eventually, you know, he went down from him and, um, Rakic was just dominant on top. Um, and Smith couldn't get up. Rakic controlled, uh, 12 minutes and 14 seconds on the ground, which was, you know, most of the fight considering it was a three round fight. Um, and, uh, the leg kicks allowed Rakic to dominate the feet as well. And, uh, Anthony Smith really, um, just got dominated that fight. You know, he, he tried to get some takedowns, um, and, uh, he was 0 for 2 and it seemed like once he got his legs hurt, he couldn't really stand and fight anymore. And, um, so that, you know, the next option for him was kind of, all right, I'm going to kind of have to get a submission win here. And Rakic was just able to dominate the top position. Smith really seemed like he just was, you know, wasn't strong enough. And he even said that in the, uh, post fight interview, you know, uh, Rakic just felt a lot stronger than he did. And, um, and I can see that, you know, and when I was looking at them at the weigh-ins and, you know, pre-fight when they were, uh, being announced in, I noticed Rakic is so lean. He's so cut. He probably cuts down some weight to get to, uh, you know, 205. And Anthony Smith really isn't cut or anything. So, and I've heard that he only cuts down like five pounds to make weight. So he's really fighting at his natural weight. And that can kind of be tough. You know, he's, he's going to be fighting guys who are a lot stronger than him. Yes, he has great striking, um, and he can strike with a lot of people, but, you know, if they're stronger than him uh, uh, with the ground game, it's going to be very tough, and that's what we saw uh, when he fought Alexander Rakic. Um, so, you know, Anthony Smith said, you know, he's got a, a lot to think about, and, um, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, if he goes down in weight, it's going to have to change his whole whole lifestyle. He's going to have to get naturally uh, lighter and walk around a little bit lighter. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's best for him. Uh, you know, you take a look at the, uh, you know, 185 pound division and it's pretty stacked. Um, I do think he would add to it. I think he could definitely be a, a contender for the title, but I don't quite know if, if I would personally like to see him go down that to that weight. I know when, you, you know, you start to cut down weight, um, you could end up getting knocked out and it, it's just a risky game rather than if he just took some time off and, uh, you know, put on some natural weight and, and needing to cut down the 205. Um, and I think that's what he should do. I think he should take, you know, over six months off to just kind of build up the body, recover. I know he had a slight fracture in one of his legs from the leg kicks of, uh, Rakic and, uh, you know, just take that time off, put on some natural weight, don't take any fights soon. Um, you know, so once you take that time, then start thinking about fighting again, once you feel like your body is, you know, ready to start competing again, and you feel like you're at a good weight, uh, put on some strength, you know, obviously, it seems like that was one of the biggest 
problems against Rakic. You know, Rakic was holding him down. Smith couldn't get to a dominant position to, you know, get a win. So, um, you know, but credit to Alexander Rakic. Great performance. Um, definitely proving, you know, he's one of the, the, the elite in the division by beating Anthony Smith because, you know, Anthony Smith... He's no, you know, no slouch. You know, he's ranked number five for a reason. Um, and Alexander Rakic was ranked number eight before this. So I'm assuming, you know, he's going to go up to uh, number five. And um, what I think is next for Alexander Rakic, uh, I know he's calling for a title shot or, you know, a fight like that. But I don't quite think he's there yet. Um, I think he should fight the number six in Yuri Prokacha. Um, I think that'd be a great fight. Uh, Prokecha is kind of, you know, in that climbing phase as well. And um, definitely in it, that would be a super interesting striking battle. Um, I'd love to see, you know, that. Uh, I don't know if they would make that a five-round fight or not, but it would be interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's the best thing for Alexander Rakic. And, again, for Anthony Smith, take some time off. Um so before that, in the co-main event, you had Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny, and what an impressive win by Neil Magny. Um, really fighting Robbie Lawler the way you have to fight Robbie Lawler to win, uh, knowing Robbie's so dangerous uh, on the feet. Um, you know, Neil had, uh, you know, four takedowns and um, had a lot of control time on uh, Robbie Lawler. Um, and even and because of that was even, you know, able to outstrike Robbie a little bit with Neil's, you know, reach and everything. Um, Neil Magny now has uh, the second most welterweight wins uh, in the UFC behind the, the, the goat of the division, um, George St. Pierre. So that's saying something. Uh, this guy is definitely uh, the real deal, uh, especially, you know, picking up a win over the legendary Robbie Lawler. Um, this guy, in my opinion, in, in Neil Magny, um, you know, he was ranked, um, number 14 before that fight. And, uh, I, I wouldn't be, uh, against just throwing, throwing him up against a, a high guy. Um, I, I do like to fight against Geoff Neal. I know Neil had some, uh, heart conditions, even though he's, uh, uh, ranked 11, but, you know, that fight, I think, is the fight to make. I know they were trying to make it in the past. So if that fight can't happen, I wouldn't be afraid to throw him up against someone, you know, pretty solid. Um, maybe like a Michael Chiesa or, you know, Stephen Thompson. I'd even go as far as to say Leon Edwards. Now, I don't think Leon Edwards would go for that fight. But, um, you know, Edwards isn't really getting a fight in with anyone he's calling out. Um and he's doing way too much talking, so he's due for a fight too. Um, so those, I wouldn't be against seeing that. I think Magny is is you know, he's ready for something like that, and he's got you know he keeps improving, he keeps climbing. I'd say give him someone high up. My my number one pick would be Neil or Kiesa. Um, but uh, yeah, what an impressive win. Um, and you know it's it's sad. I I really like Robbie Lawler a lot, and I. I was for him in this fight. Um, but you know what? He he hadn't fought in a year. Um, I think he just needed to get that active kind of routine going. I think I think the thing for him is to just get right back in there and fight again. 
um, you know, and it almost seemed like he was just fighting in the gym, you know, it wasn't, it didn't really seem like a straight up fight, now I know that fight wasn't the best for him, he was facing a real long guy, and, you know, a guy who's pretty good on the ground, and it wasn't an easy fight. It was a frustrating fight. But I think the best thing for him would be to get back in there pretty soon and fight a striker. Now, uh, you know, as I look at the uh, rankings, I don't quite know, you know, who I would pick. Personally, I would have picked Nate Diaz. Um, I think that would have been a fun and intriguing fight. You know, obviously, I don't think Diaz is going to take that, especially with the news, um, the new news with him. But, you know, maybe like an Anthony Pettis or, uh, you know, one of the strikers in that, in that division. Um, but we'll see, you know, uh, I don't, I definitely don't think he's done. Um, I just think he needs to get back in there and, and, you know, get the game plan and his head straight. Um, uh, Alexa Grasso versus G Yan Kim. Very, uh, very impressive fight on my, my opinion on Grasso, uh, you know, moving up, uh, to the flyweight division, um, you know, and that kind of shows you that, you know, if you're struggling with your making your weight, don't be afraid to move up, you know, you might do better and have more success there. And, uh, she did, you know, she was, her striking looked super impressive. Um, and, uh, you know, outstruck Kim 123 to 85, um, and it looked super impressive. You know, she, went to the body, went to the head a lot, um, or legs rather too, uh, even, you know, got a takedown, um, won all three rounds pretty convincingly, impressive win, um, you know, and, and I definitely stay there now, you know, uh, she, now she, you know, even though she's a little bit of the smaller, uh, lighter fighter going up in the division, she's definitely got the speed advantage, which could help her in that division. So I'm excited to see what's next for her. And uh, for the first fight of the main card, you had Ricardo Lamas versus Bill Algio. And, um, you know, the first round, I gave it to Ricardo Lamas, but it was pretty close, you know, and Algio really proved himself for the featherweight division, you know. He's going to be an up-and-coming guy for sure. Um, and he, I gave him the second round, uh, and, you know, Ricardo Lamas had to, you know, either guy had to win that third round to win the fight. And, uh, you know, the veteran and Ricardo Lamas obviously came out and, uh, you know, he got that takedown and uh, got the ground and pound. And I think if he went to, to that a little bit earlier, uh, he could have potentially got a finish or, you know, the win more uh, more dominantly. But, you know, Algio recording more strikes than, you know, Lamas. But, you know, Lamas getting five takedowns. Um, Especially, you know, with that ground and pound and that control time at the end of the fight in the last round, obviously giving him the win. Um, but Ricardo Lamas is talking about retirement and um, what other way to, to go out on a win, uh, on a good career. And, um, you know, what other way to go out? I think if you're thinking about retirement, you know, you might as well do it. Um, I think he's going to get into coaching, so that's great for him. And I, I, if I were him, I'd go out on a win, and and uh, you know, it's a good way to go out. And for Bill Algio, you know, this is an up and coming guy. I was impressed by him, um, and uh, I think, you know, just fight the next guy, you know, um, 
And for the undercard, I mean, Submission City. Uh, four out of the six fights ended in submission. Very impressive fights. Um, entertaining fights. And uh, I was probably most impressed with Sean Brady. And if you don't know him, I would definitely check him out. Uh, his stock is rising, and he's definitely an up-and-coming fighter in the 170-pound division. I was so impressed with his striking. Um, he's got a great left hook. He's got heavy hands. He's fast. And uh, he's obviously good on the ground. Um, you know, getting the submission win in round two by a guillotine choke. Um and, you know, his takedowns are just explosive and dominant. Um, you know, and he fought a tough guy in Aguilera. Uh, so that was a good test. And, you know, in my opinion, I want to see him, you know, fight another challenge, maybe a ranked guy. And if I had to pick his next opponent, I'm going to go with Platinum Mike Perry. I think that's a great fight. Uh, Perry's a brawler. Uh, Brady's a brawler. Uh, you know, this guy obviously is a submission artist, and, and Perry's pretty good on the ground too. So if I were making a fight, I'd love to see that fight. Um, yeah, that, that would be my pick, and that's my most impressed uh, fighter on the uh, undercard, on the prelims, on the fight night from last weekend. So up-and-coming uh, fight night, Overeem versus Sakai this Saturday, uh, September 5th, tomorrow. Uh, again at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. In the main event, you have Overeem versus Sakai um, in the heavyweight division. You know, the, the line is a little closer than I expected. Um, one, you know, Overeem obviously being the favorite in uh, minus 155, but Sakai being a not that big of an underdog as I expected at plus 135. Um for not really having any too, too big of names on his resume. Yes, the guy only has one loss and he's up and coming. But, uh, you know, you have a veteran in Alistair Overeem. I mean, and honestly, Sakai in his last fight against Ivanov, um, you know, it, it was a split decision. But, you know, he held the fence and the ref didn't see. I don't know. I, I, I don't see how, why the line is so close here, especially... Um, with a vet in Alistair Overeem. I mean, with everything Alistair Overeem has accomplished, um, I, 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 you know, I don't see how Overeem isn't going to get the win here. I mean, the guy has ground experience. He's a great striker. I mean, the guy has so many wins um, and so many fights, too. You know, the guy, he's very, very um, skilled all over. Uh, and his knees and the clinch and just everything he can do to a guy like Sakai, uh, it's going to be a super hard fight. Um, and honestly, I feel like he's kind of on a win streak, even though he lost to uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike um, in 2019. I feel like he's on a four-fight win streak because he was beating Rosenstrike all the way up until he got knocked out in that five-round fight. To me, I feel like he's on a, a four-win streak you know, four win streak, um, and three, his three past wins have been by, by KO, um, so, you know, he's going in there to, to finish people, and I think he's going to finish, uh, Sakai, and I think he'll do it pretty fast, I don't think he's going to get it really off to a slow start, um, I think he's going to go in there, uh, maybe, you know, the first round goes by, but I think eventually, you know, he's going to go for a takedown, even if he's dominating by the feet, even if he hurts Sakai, and Sakai goes down, I think it'll get down to the ground and that's where 
Overeem will finish it either by ground pound or submission. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of verdict and, uh, it's huge, huge odds for, for Overeem to get a win by submission. And he obviously can, um, so I'm taking those odds on the submission. I definitely think it's a finish um, by Overeem for a win, but just with the, the amount of experience points you can win on verdict by uh, a submission, I'm taking that. And I'm going to take it in the second round. So I definitely think Overeem gets a finish in this fight. Um, and for Sakai, I get why you make this fight. Uh, you know, if he wins, obviously that boosts him right up to the top of the division. Um, and Overeem's looking for, for one last title run. He's got four fights left on his contract. Um, and there really wasn't else, you know, no one else for him to fight, uh, due to the fact that you had, um, Derek Lewis fighting, uh, uh, Curtis Blades and, um, Ninganu should be in line for the next title shot. Uh, Daniel Cormier obviously is now retired. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike just beat JDS, but, you know, he's kind of in a spot. I don't really see the UFC making that rematch now uh, between him and Overeem. So I get it. Fight the up-and-coming guy in Sakai. It's probably the safer fight for, for Overeem as well. Um, you know, a win over Sakai and then a win over one over one other person. And I think you do get that title shot. Um, so, yeah, interesting bout. I'm definitely excited to see Overeem. Uh, it's always exciting to see Overeem. Uh, that's the main event and next week's fight night. Um, in the co-main event, you have, uh, OSP, Ovin St. Pru versus Alonzo Manfield. And, uh, you know, you were supposed to get this fight a couple weeks ago, but OSP, uh, tested positive for coronavirus. You know, last time I talked about this fight, when I broke it down, I kind of was saying it's going to either be a uh, submission in OSP's hands or a knockout in, in Alonzo Manifield's uh, hands. And it, that very well could be the case. You know, it could go either way. But, you know, when I thought about it again, uh, it, it's only a three-round fight. So it very well could go to decision. And I'm going to stay with Manifield uh, getting the win, um, but I'm actually switching my pick from knockout. Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely think it could happen. It could happen very fast. But I think St. Pru is going to be um, one of the harder fights for, for Alonzo Manifield, and, um, it's going to be one of his toughest fights to date, so, uh, I, I'm going to say, uh, Manifield with a decision win, um, yeah, that's, that's, but, like I said, this fight is, you know, earlier when I talked about this fight a couple weeks ago, it, it's a tough fight to, to, to break down, it could go either way, um, I'm just leaning towards Manifield, and I think, you know, knockout or uh, decision. Um, so in the, women, the, the, the fight before that is a woman, uh, woman's fight in the bantamweight division. Uh, you, were supposed to got, you were supposed to get Eubanks versus Carl Rosa. I'm, co- I'm pretty sure Rosa is, um, had some weight uh, cut issues, and she's going to pull out of the fight. And I think, uh, I forget who's supposed to fill in, but uh, Eubanks... Uh, Eubanks obviously is still gonna fight now if that if this fight if I got that information wrong um I'm gonna go with Rosa just because the she is uh the underdog on verdict uh there is no line on on here on ESPN um so I'm gonna go with Rosa just because I like the odds um 
and I feel like it could go back and forth. I'm going to take her by uh, decision, but um, if she does pull out, I'm going to go with Eubanks against whoever fills in. Um, okay, so the next fight uh, is Michael Pereira versus Zalim Imadetov, and um, you know both of these guys, uh, you know, they they tend to make decisions that aren't the best. Um, and, uh, you know, Michael Pereira does some wild things in the octagon that don't really make me too confident in him. Um, you know, doing some backflips and some crazy punches and kicks and knees and stuff. Um, but he has some wins over, you know, and he has some experience, uh, you know, his record's 23 and 11, which over Zalem Imadetov, you know, only being eight and two, um, Michael Pereira is a finisher. I, I like Pereira, and I think he's going to get the knockout win. Um, so I'm going to go with Pereira. Uh, you, then in the fight before that, you have Brian Kelleher, uh, the favorite over uh, Kevin Navidad. Um, you know, Navidad being a fill-in, you know, Kelleher was supposed to fight someone else. He dropped out. Someone else was filling in. Then he dropped out. Now Navidad is in. Um, Kelleher is ready. Kelleher has been training. You know, it's hard to go against, uh, it's hard to go for someone who's filling in on short notice. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to go with Kelleher here, um, probably by decision. And, you know, I could see him getting the finish, but I'm going to go with decision. And then in the first fight on the main card, uh, you have Julian Turner versus Thiago Moses. I'm going with the underdog and Turner. I feel like he, he shows up uh, big time when he is the underdog um he's got a seven inch reach advantage and uh i like his last knockout win so i'm gonna go with uh turner and i also like how he's got tony ferguson training with him so um yeah i'm going turner uh and i like that he's an underdog in this fight uh so yeah that is the main card of ufc fight night uh overeem versus sakai and it's a big one too uh you know kind of makes up for for last uh weekend only being four fights on the main card and um now we got uh six i believe so it's pretty solid um i'm excited and uh yeah so that's the um that's ufc fight night overeem versus sakai and uh so next up the topic i wanted to talk about was um the announcement of Usman versus Burns announced for UFC 256 on December 12th. Um, great fight. The fight that should have, uh, you know, happen for that division. Obviously, Gilbert Burns was supposed to fight uh, Kamaru Usman, but Burns tested positive for coronavirus. And um, then you had Jorge Maz would all step in. Um, now we're finally getting the fight that should happen. This fight's going to be tough um, for both fighters. Reason being, they were training partners. Uh, and, uh, you know, Kamaru Usman, obviously, great wrestling threat. Ken Strike, obviously, you saw that against uh, Kobe Covington. Um, Gilbert Burns, obviously, has good hands and um, has good ground game. Uh, and he's a submission artist so this is gonna be a tough fight and they both have history with each other because they trained with each other so i think the guy who is the big brother in in the gym in the in the uh in the gym room and everything i think and you know it's hard to tell who who is that 
my guess would be Usman just because he got to the top faster. Um, and uh, that would just be my guess. But you don't, you never know. You never know. And now Gilbert Burns is at the top too. So we're going to see that December 12th. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up, that announcement up is because the, there also was a fight in the welterweight division announced. Well, not quite official, but it's in the talks. And that is Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. And that is the rematch for the BMF belt. Now, the reason why I, I talk about that is because um, that fight was also talked about for December 12th. And now I'm hearing that it, it, it will not happen uh, on the UFC 256 card. Uh, they're going to try and get that to be the headline for uh, the January pay-per-view for 257. Now, that makes sense because Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz aren't going to take a, a co-main event. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't really think they deserve a main event right now. Um, to me, you know, when that fight happened, obviously in the first fight, uh, Jorge Masvidal kicked Nate Diaz's ass. Nate Diaz opened up. You know, they couldn't fight in the fourth round, so they stopped it. Um, Jorge Masvidal won. And uh, after that, I was thinking, all right, fine. You know, I think they should make the immediate rematch or move on. I thought they moved on. Um, you know, Jorge Masvidal just fought for the title. I get it. Who else is he going to fight? Um, I would have said a top contender. And then, you know, try and get back to that belt. I don't really think Nate, fighting Nate Diaz, you know, gets you back to that belt. But again, he's fighting for big money. Nate Diaz is the only guy he's going to fight is probably Jorge Masvidal or Conor McGregor. Um, so for Nate Diaz, yeah, this makes sense. And you're fighting, you're the number 12 and you're fighting the number four. For Nate Diaz, this is a great fight. For Jorge Masvidal, why are you stepping down? Why are you fighting a lower guy? Um, and you're taking up a pay-per-view spot for this? They better have a good on you know undercard for this. Otherwise, this is going to be a hard card for me to get excited about, especially for a pay per view, um, and especially for kicking off the the next year. Uh, and you're gonna do that? I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. I would have loved it for a co main event. I think it's a great fight for a co main event, but for a pay, for a main event pay per view, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, and I really hope Diaz brings a new new, new game plan um, or at least just improves from last fight. Because I don't want to see fucking Jorge Masvidal, um, you know, just kick Nate Diaz's ass again. And excuse my language, but I, I you know, it just frustrates me because we saw this fight. And I, I want to see a repeat, you know, just because these guys want money. It, it's annoying to me, but I get it. I hope it's an entertaining fight, and I hope I take back my words. I, I'd i like to see Diaz come out and win. It would change a lot of things up, and it would boost him to the top of the division, and it'd open up a lot. Um, so we'll see how, what, what ends up happening. But, uh, you know, right now I, it, it's in the talks. Nothing's official, but I think they're planning that fight for January. Um <sighs> I'm more excited for Usman versus Burns, and uh, we'll see. But the welterweight division action's happening. I mean, you have Tyron Woodley, who's going to fight uh, Kobe Covington in a few weeks. So you're going to get this division to play out by the end of the year, and uh, next year is going to, you know, be in pretty good terms of, uh, of you know, rankings and whatnot. So um, action in the welterweight division. We'll see what, you know. Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, what they plan and what ends up becoming official. 
um if you do that main event you better get a good undercard for it that's all i have to say that's episode three and uh thanks for tuning in i'll catch you guys soon